ahead. All right. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Yes. <laughs> How are all of you doing there. out there? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see all our fans. Yes. <laughs> Well, my name is Anna Galindo, and I am a product marketing manager from Oracle. And today, um, I'm here with my colleague, Jim Daddario. Jim, want to wave at everyone? <laughs> All right. Hello, Atlanta. And um, today, we're going to be presenting, or we welcome everyone to our session on transforming procurement for effective supplier management. Um, I know that's an, a little bit of an update from the title that's out in front, but same content. Um, so why is supplier management you know, important for supply chain organizations today? Um, well, today we live in a world where supply chain complexities are increasing, causing organizations to be faced with a multitude of risks. Um, also, with supply chains becoming more geographically extended and the numbers of suppliers keeps increasing, organizations need to take necessary steps in order to mitigate any arising risk and to avoid any disruptions that can negatively impact their supply chain. Um, so that is why you know, we're here today to talk about how your organization can mitigate some of those risks. Um, but first, let's dive right into some of the risks affecting organizations today. All right, so why is supply and supplier management critical? Um, now, there are a number of examples where extended supply chains were affected by risk uh, due to a myriad of events, such as natural disasters. Um, we all remember a few years back all of the hurricanes that took place in Puerto Rico and its effects on the healthcare and um, also the plastics industry. Um, then we have infectious diseases. Um, now, I don't feel like I have to go into too many details with that. Um, but then we also have the risks that um, originate from these suppliers themselves, um, such as violations against anti-child labor, your business's code of ethics, um, tariffs. I mean, the examples abound. Um, and these risks don't just originate from your tier one outsourced manufacturers, but they also have their own network of suppliers that they work with. And if any problems arise within that network, um, it could potentially cause violations, disruptions, um, and it can, you know, other types of risk can originate. All right, now, as I mentioned in my last slide, um, there are many risks affecting supply chains today, um, many of which are placed on their extended supply chains and on the um, companies that they work with to provide them with supplies, components, and other raw materials. Um, so let's dive right into some of the key risk factors getting in the way of supplier effectiveness today. So usually procurement is at the front lines of managing all of these risks. Um, so 61% of chief procurement officers said that they are involved in outsourcing decisions and also locating offshoring operations. Um, so it's not, it's, it's not a surprise that that same number has also seen an increase in procurement risks within the last year. Um, what's really shocking, though, is that 65% of those chief procurement officers said that they had limited or no visibility beyond their tier one suppliers, and only 37% of them are prepared to ma manage any arising risk. Um, so that's a huge problem. All right, so as I mentioned in my last slide, um, supply chain complexities are increasing. Um, now that means that um, tier, 
you could have a tier one supplier that's located in a financially stable you know, organization and located in a politically stable country, but what about their suppliers? Um, if you don't have any visibility um, into your tier two or tier three suppliers, um, you don't know what kind of problems are lurking out there. Um, what if your tier two supplier is located in a, you know, is having financial problems and their plant is about to close down? And what if your tier three raw materials provider has seen a spike in their raw material prices? And I mean, that's gonna bring up the prices for your organization. That'll climb up the food chain and it'll affect your tier one supplier's ability to provide you with the products that you need to keep your operations running. All right, now as I mentioned in the last slide, um, supply chain complexities are increasing and so are the demands on procurement. Um, now if you take a look to the frame on my left, um, these demands are changing faster than procurement organizations can keep up with. Um, also, we always have new competitors that are entering the market and um, we have um, new emerging technologies that are always arising. So this is causing organizations to reset the expectations. Um, but if you look over to the frame on the right, um, it's not that procurement organizations are not investing, it's that they're investing in the areas of their business that have minimal impact. Um, so these organizations have to fundamentally shift the areas that they are investing in um, and free up their resources so they can focus on the areas that add more value to their organization and um, have those strategic conversations um, such as the topic that we're covering today. All right, so before I get too ahead of myself, um, let's reflect on some of the changing priorities for procurement today. Um, now, the number one business driver for procurement has and always will be cost reductions, um, but that is not a metric that is easily measured. There are many trade-offs that come with it. Um, so here, cost reductions are just as important as quality and reliability. And as we saw earlier in our presentation, there is um, a rising expectation that organizations focus on mitigating any arising risk, um, and that has a direct impact on an organization's ability to support growth and profitability through effective supplier management. So what does this mean for procurement today? Um, so that means that procurement must rethink or refocus their mission and be put on a critical path to becoming a more strategic um, partner. Um, so what does that look like? Now, organizations need to focus on getting on a more um, strategic path so that they become so that they move from being a transactional organization and just focusing on cost reduction, controlling spend, and automating those processes. And automating all of those processes so they can go from being a transactional organization to becoming a organization with more strategic agility and focusing on the areas of supplier management, risk mitigation, and contract compliance. All right. So now that we know what the demands of procurement are, um, let's see what the view from procurement is. Now, 50% of chief procurement officers said that they play an active role in um, managing supplier risk, and 88% of those chief procurement officers also said that managing risk is a top priority, but only 37% of them are concerned about managing global supplier complexity and risk. Um, so it's a little bit of a mixed picture, right? 
Um, but 84% of those organizations are expanding into new markets and new products, and only 28% of those chief procurement officers plan to increase supplier collaboration. But we all know that in order for organizations to manage any risk, they need to be constantly collaborating with their suppliers in order to uh, manage any rising risk and to also bring down their costs. All right, now I'm gonna pass it over to Jim. Okay, thank you, Anna. Yeah. So, um, Anna laid out the consequences of risk and how the complexity of supply chains today are really exacerbating that risk. And of course, what it means is we have to be more disciplined about how we manage our suppliers. So let's take a look at, at, at how we do that. Um, the good news is that we can apply some kind of um, screening factor to them, and you don't have to have to um, necessarily focus on your entire supplier base because you know, we, we, we know that, that a lot of manufacturing companies can have thousands of suppliers. So what you want to do is, is apply something like the 80-20 rule here, um, where you um, put your focus on those suppliers that are going to have the greatest impacts on your business in terms of profit and risk. Um, right here we have an example of the Krolgic matrix, you know, there's something that's, that's been around for, um, for, for several years. But it's a, it's a good way of, of starting to get a handle on your supplier base and applying more disciplined um, methods to uh, managing them. So looking at your strategic and bottleneck suppliers, obviously these are the ones that, you know, if there's a problem, if there's a disruption, um, if they have a shutdown or they, they, they become, um, you know, out, out of uh, qualification, um, you're, you're going to have an issue with them. Um, and I forgot the clicker. So <clears throat> once you've got your suppliers screened down to those ones that you want to focus on with more discipline, then it really helps to, to to embark on a disciplined path on how you manage them. So focusing on supplier risk, what you want to have is, 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 is a predictable way of assessing your suppliers very quickly, qualifying them, and then move them through the process so they're, so they're spend qualified quickly. The last thing procurement wants to do is, is become a bottleneck in the process because we know that production is, is waiting on those suppliers to deliver, you know, whatever it is, their components or raw materials to the production lines. And so we want to make sure that procurement has, is equipped with, with, with the methods to move them through very, very quickly, but do a rigorous job of qualifying them. <coughs> Excuse me. The next thing we want, we want to do is focus on ensuring quality data. And when you consider most organizations, we have a lot of disparate systems around the company, so it's very oftentimes a challenge to pull your data together in, in, in one area. But the goal is to organize that data um, <clears throat> so you can start to categorize your suppliers in, in, into, into categories that are meaningful for your organization and then maintain accurate and up-to-date profiles on them so you can monitor them through your supplier lifecycle. Um, improving visibility, as Anna talked about, when you start to look at not only your first-tier suppliers, which you have an arm's-length relationship with, but the, the second and third tier suppliers, which you may not, but by working in collaboration with your suppliers, your outsourced manufacturers, and so forth, um, you can work to collaboratively gain visibility into how those other suppliers are performing, so no surprises 
um, will you know, arise. So you know which suppliers are, are dependable and um, make sure that you have confidence in that your profiles in them are up to date. And then finally, you go about the process of monitoring, and we're gonna show you some methods of how you do that, um, but you wanna make sure that your suppliers are, are continually in, in compliant um, with your company's code of conduct, um, and then also ensure that they, excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Um, you want to make sure that they're adhering to certain laws and regulations. As you, as you saw in Anna's earlier slide where that one particular company in China that manufactures surgical um, you know, garments, they were manufacturing in a, in a facility that went out of compliance and had a subsequently cascading effect on many hospitals here in the United States on a regional basis. So this is the area where, where, where monitoring really pays off. Um, okay, so after you have, have your, your programs in place, what are the next steps for, for procurement? Um, what we've seen across a lot of our clients is that, is that you know, procurement's role doesn't just end by creating the programs and then monitoring. You have to put plans in place. And what we've seen in terms of best practices is developing you know, what some companies call playbooks, you can call it a plan B, whatever that may be, but really what you're looking at is if one of those unforeseen circumstances comes up, one of those, one of those worst case scenarios, then what do we do? So we don't get caught flat-footed. You, know, you either have a second source of supply or you have you know, buffer stock or something like that that, that um, you can rely on in order to keep production lines running while you work out your issues with your supplier. Um, we've also seen companies uh, look at evaluating the structure of their, of their supply base. Now, if you think about a, 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 a supply network as sort of a branch on a tree, um, think of it as kind of pruning, pruning back those branches. What we've seen is you, um, there's you know, obviously been a, been a huge trend over the last 10, 20 years to offshore many operations, especially manufacturing, when, as companies take advantage of lower unit labor costs in some countries. Um, we've seen countries, uh, companies bring back those operations in, in their own domestic countries or here in the United States. The trade-off being you may be paying a slightly higher price um, for your product, but the trade-off that you're getting in reliability and quality um, often offsets that. And then finally, um, as Anna alluded to, it really pays off to make investments in digitizing and automating your whole supplier management process so you have really more control and more visibility. And uh, we're, we're going to show you some, some, uh, some ideas in just a moment here. In fact, um, what I'm going to do is, is shift, shift gears here now and, and talk about some of the solutions that um, you can employ for managing your suppliers. But before we get into that, the first thing you do is you, is, is you have to develop a process. Um, there's an old saying in, in the software business, probably about as long as I've been in it, and uh, with my gray hair, that's a long time. Um, but it's like if you automate a bad process, what do you get? An automated bad process. Um, software doesn't fix things that are broken in the first place. So what you need to do is you need to define um, a process, and as you see here, it's, it's really more of a cyclical process. We often call this supplier lifecycle management. Um, but it really starts with defining the requirements. And procurement, this is where they partner with the business and, 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 and really steps up their strategic role by partnering with your, your people on the manufacturing lines, your engineers, your production people, to really understand what are these critical factors that our suppliers have to, have to comply with and, and what are the characteristics that we're looking at them for and you know, de develop an agreed on 
um, profile for what that, what that looks like. And then procurement can go off and, and start to implement that by systematically developing a, a, a way of qualifying them and selecting suppliers based on those defined standards. And I, I really want to emphasize that you want to have a repeatable process um, so it looks pretty much the same every time. And, 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 and it, of course, you, you go through an improvement cycle, um, but you want to have this to be, you want to, you, you want to have consistency running through it. Um, you also want to want to ensure that you have, well, I got ahead of myself, that you have standardization and best practices. And then finally, you want to have a way of either alerts through your systems or, you know, whether it's a tickler or something that triggers you to automatically requalify your suppliers to keep them up to date. And that's up to your organization to, to determine whether it's six months or a year, um, but, you know, and it's going to be very, um, very, uh, tailored to how your organization functions. I have an example here of our supplier qualification management application. Um, what it's designed to do is, is exactly what I talked about, is to help you systematically qualify and assess your suppliers um, to support your, your supplier management program. And the way it does that is it takes those, those characteristics that you've agreed upon with your business partners and segments them into, into different categories, and then you use a questionnaire mechanism to send to your suppliers and have them answer that. Those, those, quest, those questionnaires are returned into the application where the system, and by the way, you, you can go through a process of also weighting those criteria, so not all criteria are, are created equal. And then it goes through a process of, of using analytics to analyze all those profiles and uh, segment out those, those suppliers that qualify. It also provides the means for the people in your organization that deal with the suppliers on a daily basis and probably have the best knowledge of their performance and their capabilities to add their uh, assessment into this mechanism. So you have a full 360 degree picture of this supplier and all of your suppliers and, and how, they're, um, how, how they meet your standards. And then what you see here is the, the dashboard that we use that provides an at-a-glance look for your procurement or your, your procurement people to look at things you know, like, for example, supplier initiatives that are in flight, um, assessments that, that are, are, are pending, supplier uh, qualifications that are expiring, and so forth. So you're always up to date on how your program's functioning and what, what are the next steps that you need to take in, in managing it. Um, next, we come to the area of contracts. Um, we find this a lot, and you know, when I, when I was in the business, you know, contracts can be a, a real difficult area because you know many companies tend to draft contracts on a customized basis. You know, you take a clean sheet of or a clean clean word document and have your legal department draft it. What you want to do is, since the contract is is your mechanism for holding your suppliers accountable. To, to the standards that you qualified them on and may you know, contain you know, remedies for what happens if that supplier um, doesn't perform as, as agreed. You want to focus a lot on this, but you also want to standardize it and make it streamlined so your procurement people can be the, the ones that draft it and not have to, have to rely on legal. Um, the great thing also about this application is that it has a, what we call a clause library. So, you can 
have different contracts that are, that are built into templates for different types of suppliers or supply categories and so forth that already have pre-approved legal language that flows into those contracts. So when your procurement people are drafting it, um, you've got all the latest pre-approved language so you don't have to get legal involved. And that's really a best practice for getting these, these executed quickly because we know that the negotiation process between you and your supplier can often take a, a fairly long time. Um, we've also built in here a mechanism to kind of just to streamline that process, often, often referred to as redlining, um, in what we call our deviations monitor. So what you see here in the, in the lower frame is, you know, rather than getting a 50 to 100 page contract back with all this track changes in it and having to look at this kaleidoscope of all these crazy colors and trying to make sense of who said what and which edit supersedes the other, what it does is it, is it scans the document for any deviations from your standard language. So if someone's made a change to something, it's a clause that you have to have in there that, that, that is designed to protect a certain type of risk category, um, it will bring that to their attention right away. So you can either mitigate it at the point of, of, of the procurement organization or ship this off to legal and say, look, and if they're proposing a change, can you review this? But again, it streamlines the process and, and, and really gets fewer people involved. Then we have, it, we have built into it workflows for various approvals so you can define upfront you know, who, who needs to be involved in drafting the contract, who has you know, particular specifications to put in it, and who's the final approval. Um, then lastly, we store it in a centralized repository where you have comp complete visibility into the contracts. They're very easy to search either by contract name or metadata or what have you. Um, we find that a lot of our clients you know, have to retrieve their contracts because they, you know, they get into, into a situation with a supplier and they have to go back to the contract language and if you don't have it you know, at your fingertips, you know, retrieving the contract often becomes kind of burdensome. Um, what is also really great about this repository is, is that during the contract lifecycle, you may encounter a situation where you and your supplier you need to modify the language. You agree on it and that amends the contract. So what happens is, 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 is the repository automatically keeps a history of any amendments that have been put into the contract, the timeline, who's done it, so it's got a full audit trail in case your legal people ever wanna you know, go in there and, and, and make sure that all of your contracts are in order. Um, this conference is very much focused on technology and um, being a technology company what we, what we focus on is um, really the human experience, making it much, much easier for normal business people to work with these applications with greater ease. So focusing on usability, you know, having things like workflows and you see the dashboards making it much more simple to use the application so that the learning curves are shortened. Um, <clears throat> we've also put a lot of investment in um, what we call chatbots, where you can use things like your mobile device, where you talk into it like you know, Siri or Alexa, you can, you can use it to retrieve documents or make purchases and so forth. So a lot of investment there to, to again, help simplify your interaction with enterprise systems, which can be extremely complicated. Um, a lot of investment in analytics, I'm gonna show you some other, other classes of analytics, both analytic dashboards that you saw, the supplier qualification management, but other, uh, other analytics that, that can 
give you greater insights into what's happening in your supply base, um, things that may be you know, risk factors that you need to pay attention to, and then what we call intelligent applications, which use a type of artificial intelligence called machine learning to continually update um, a profile and, and give predictions. Um, speaking of which, this is an example of one of those applications. We call them our adaptive intelligent applications. And basically what they do is they're purpose-built applications for certain things. So for supplier management, for um, dynamic discounting, for supplier invoices, and so forth. And what they do is they make use of the data that you have in your applications. So all the history that you have, you know, the supplier responses to RF, RFX, um, their deliveries, um, their bill paying history and, and so forth, um, or your bill paying history, I should say. And then they bring in external data from streaming sources, such as Bloomberg, um, Dow Jones, or we have a company that we acquired called DataFox, it's kind of a data aggregator. But the point is that you, you bring in streaming data that does a continual update on that profile. And then what it does is it, is it, is it uses the power of, 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 of the, the analytics and the, and, the, and the computing built into, into the machines to help augment and update those supplier profiles. And it can do things like provide insights and predictions into things like financial performance. When you see a, a supplier that maybe have had uh, an issue, you know, a, a financial issue that, that, that may be a precursor of problems of, that, that will emerge later on down the line. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about, about intelligent, um, intelligent payments. Um, we, can, we can use these applications to predict you know, which suppliers that you, you have who, will, who would be amenable to early payment discounts. Um, but, it, but again, back in the area of supplier management, um, we, can use, we can use this to, to monitor contract compliance. So if there's any, any, new, any new developments that are coming in where there may be a violation of, of, a, of a particular clause on the contract, we can flag that out and then uh, again, you know, give you greater insights into supplier risk and give you alerts that say, hey, you know, something's going on here that you need to pay attention to. Um, and then we come to our analytics. I mean, you, this, this is basically built on a data warehouse. We call it our, our Oracle Autonomous Database. And what it does is it aggregates data from across different applications, your contracts, your supplier management, your, your purchasing applications, and so forth. And it gives you very, uh, you know, uh, e easy to understand insights into how certain suppliers are performing whether they're you know, delivering on time, how much spend you're, you're, um, you're actually incurring with them um, that may or may not raise their risk profile and, and re require more attention. Um, if, if they're starting to lag in their deliveries, those kind of things are, are what would show up on these, on these dashboards that give you these actionable, actionable alerts and key performance indicators that will tell you, hey, you know, something, something's going on here and it requires your attention. So this really rounds out the whole supplier management program and these, and these are all tools that can be used either in conjunction with each other or independently to give you a more disciplined view of how your suppliers are performing and the risk inherent in that supply base. Um, not just taking my word for it, but you know, we, we've seen through many uh, expert organizations like the Hackett Group and um, the, the Deloitte CPO survey that 
they've surveyed many companies and when they keep track of, 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 of the business trends and here are some of the, here are some of the, of the, the outcomes that they see in, um, that happen when, you know, when companies start to invest in these kinds of technologies. So it's not just technology for technology's sake, they're actually helping organizations um, improve the way they manage their suppliers. So for example, we see that organizations that, that have, that leverage these kinds of digital technologies are two and a half times better at managing their supplier risk um, than their peers. We also see a 31% reduction in the time that it takes to locate and qualify a supplier. Remember I talked earlier about, you know, one of those best practices is procurement needs, needs to be very thorough, but also do it, do it quickly so we get the suppliers qualified and get the business running um, and not delay it. Um, in terms of the reduction in the number of, ex of, of lapsed contracts, uh, I see kind of a mixed picture across our, our customer base, um, usually correlated with, with the number of contracts they have and they're actually managing. Um, we have one particular um, company that was managing contracts in different locations and so they didn't have real-time insights into when those contracts were expiring. Lo and behold, they'd find a situation where they're actually spending and, and, and buying from a particular supplier against an expired contract huge area of risk, risk exposure. Um, but we, we, we see, and, and the experts are saying that, you know, with, with, with um, these kinds of technologies, we, we can achieve, you know, in the neighborhood of a 40% reduction in the number of lapsed contracts you have. And then overall, we see, you know, a, a, fit, a greater than 50% improvement in, in supplier performance and the reduction in those risk issues that are likely to disrupt your business and or at least slow it down and impact your, your profits and, and revenues. So that brings me to the conclusion of our presentation today. Um, I hope that was informative and uh, I'll go ahead and open it up to any questions you may have. Any questions? All of you out there. Let me, let me, let me come to you because I, I, there's a lot of noise around here. It's hard to hear. Um, say that again, please. How does your solution actually lead to greater visibility of tier two, tier three contracts? Very good question. So his question was, in case you, 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 you uh, didn't hear it, was how, how does our solution lead to better visibility into those tier two and tier three suppliers? Did I paraphrase that correctly? Um, it, really, it really depends on, on the deployment. And as, as Anna alluded to earlier, um, one of the things that procurement de departments are kind of challenged with and maybe not, not entirely used to is <clears throat> developing that level of trust with their tier one suppliers so that they kind of open the kimono and give them visibility into your supplier's suppliers. We find that customers that, 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 that do that and then are able to you know, bring in uh, some of those KPIs, you know, on, and how how their how their 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 suppliers, you know, tier two and tier three suppliers are performing, um, are, are very effective in in managing that risk. Um, but it's very dependent on the relationship you have with suppliers because sometimes those relationships can be adversarial. Um, a lot of suppliers don't like to give up information, especially when it when it comes to pricing. But 
I think if the relationship is based on based on trust, and you know you're 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 invested in helping your tier one supplier, your outsourced manufacturer, and helping them get better insight into what might be might be going on in their supply base, so you you, you both have a stake in this. Um, it's it, it's extremely effective in doing that. Did that answer your question? Okay. Any. Uh, any other questions out there? Okay, I'll take that as a no. And um, thank you very much for um, attending our presentation this morning and have the great rest of the day. And wash your hands. <laughs>